name's Julia, and I would like to personally welcome you to the Saints Church Podcast. On today's episode, we will be listening to an extraordinary message from Pastor Brett as we continue in our current series, Family Vibes. So wherever you are listening from, find your favorite spot, sit back, relax, and enjoy as you learn the importance of loving one another and leaving room for people to grow. Here's Pastor Brett. Saints Church family, everyone who's gathering online and around the world, hey, this is a great day for us to be together. I I just got to continue to remind you, church is a full contact sport, so no matter where you are, let's lean in. I pray that God would give us eyes to see and ears to hear today. Uh, If you're watching this on a device, you're going to want to get a notebook or something else that you can write some notes down. If if you're watching this through maybe YouTube on your TV, you're going to want to grab your phone and jot some things down. I believe that Jesus wants to speak to you on a personal level today. That's right. We believe that we have a relationship with Jesus, who's the creator of the universe. Everything is created in him, through him, by him, and for him. And not only that, but he wants to have a personal one-on-one relationship with you. That's right. You can hold on to the hand of the one who holds the world. We're in the midst of uh, a collection of talks, a series called Family Vibes. Every, ch- every family has a feel, every church has a vibe, and we're trying to define what ours is in this next season. We know that God is doing something significant in our church, whether it's in Glastonbury, Glory Hills, or right here online. We know that Jesus is moving forward. He's making a way for us, and what we're trying to do is lean into our next with Jesus. So if we're going to find out where to go, I like to start at the origin stories. We like to roll it all the way back to how did the church start? Now, the church, uh, the original language, the word is ecclesia. It means called out ones. The, the, the connotation was that we're called out from a comfortable place into a public place to bring hope and life that's only found in Jesus. That is the intent. What we do sometimes, though, is we focus a lot on the what's, but we don't focus on the how. So what should be important in the church, but we don't know how did it feel? How did it sound? What did it look like? How did it function? So we're going to be looking at uh, predominantly two different pieces of scripture. The origin story uh, here in Acts chapter 2, then we're going to jump over to Romans chapter 12. Now, the book of Romans is Paul's like... uh, gold star work. It is the gold standard. He's writing this letter to the church in Rome. It, he's, he's considering that this could be his, his jumping off point for his ministry out into Spain. He's really just trying to create a baseline. Now with all of these letters, these apostolic letters that Paul wrote, he, he actually says in Romans 15 that they're in a good spiritual condition, but what he's doing is he knows about all the pitfalls and all the struggles that can happen in, in the midst of church, in the midst of the beginning, first 50 years of the church, and the truth is is things haven't changed that much. So when Paul's writing to them and he says, like, I just need you to be aware of these things and this is how we should act and behave and treat one another. He's doing it because our human nature says we just keep falling back into these traps. But let's start with the what. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. So there's these big four, the big four things. They're devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So to recap, what we have civilization is that we have 
put a major emphasis on teaching. We say that's a spiritual activity. We put a major emphasis on prayer. Even though if we're really being honest with ourselves, prayer is one of those things that we all feel the most insecure about. There's a few of us who are very confident in it, but most of us feel like we're not doing it right. Can I just remind you today that your prayer, prayer language is as, as unique as you are. You know, every fingertip is unique. There's not another finger that's like yours. And same thing is true with your prayer language, that Jesus wants to connect with you in a personal way. So we've taken those things, and it says sharing in meals, and we've, we've, we've lost the art of just being connected with one another loving one another through breaking bread together, and we put all the em emphasis on a sacramental communion. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking communion in church, but the original communion that happened with Jesus and then that happens here in this context was as people were having meals, it happened around a table. So there's something spiritual about being gathered around a table together, breaking bread together. It's a spiritual activity as we not only... Uh, invite each other into our lives, but we actually invite Jesus into our lives. And that's, I think, one of the powers of taking communion around the table. And then fellowship, fellowship, rings. Maybe you think of an activity at church. There's all kinds of connotations with the word fellowship, but that's really what we're trying to understand is what was the feel, or like we've said today, what was the vibe? What's the family vibe of the early church? What was the family vibe of the church in Rome? And that's going to help us determine what should be our family vibe of our church. That's right. Because it's not our idea, it's a God idea. So there's these like marks too in the origin story, uh, you know, and we start looking at verses 43 down to 47. What you discover is uh, that right here uh, is the how. So Acts 2.42 was the what, Acts 43 to 47 was the how, how it happened, how it felt. So there's some things that really pop out, um, a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. I, you know, I, I think that is as we think about these signs and wonders, we think about the miracles that are being performed. We, we, we think about what Jesus, uh, what Jesus did particularly says, greater things are yet to come. Well, you might even be wondering right now, why is it that we don't see these things in such a great measure? And so what I want us to think about in verse 43 is actually the what that was stated in verse 42. And it talks about fellowship being important. What is fellowship? When we boil it down, it's this, this deep intimacy, this deep sense of connection. It's beyond just like a, a casual hello in a lobby or a high at the grocery store. It's opening up our hearts and our lives to one another. Now, I know that we're, we're here uh, and, and we're online today. And as we think about even this interaction and how we trust Jesus, uh, and we do that, we're scattered in all kinds of different places. Maybe this is a great time to jump out where you are watching from today. Uh, but, I, I, you know, the question is, as things open up in COVID, and I know across the country and throughout the world, things open up at different rates and different paces. But wherever you are, as things are opening up for you, would you also considering open up your heart and open up your life? So uh, that connotation is this kind of deep love for one another. And I think out of that deep love for one another comes the miraculous. So this deep sense of awe and wonder of the goodness of God, the love of God overtakes us in a love of one another. And there's just this awe and wonder as God is doing amazing things in people's lives. And, and part of it is because you love one another. Before every major miracle Jesus performed, uh, you can find this phrase that Jesus was moved with compassion. When you are moved with compassion, when you 
you truly love one another, when you open up your heart and your life and your family to anyone and everyone who's, who's in need of a Savior whose name is Jesus, so that's everybody. Miracles break out because the key and primary ingredient is not just faith, but it is a genuine love, this genuine love. Now, when we jump over to Romans chapter 12, in verse 9, it says this, don't just pretend to love others. Really, really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. So what do we do? We let go of what is wrong and we hold on to what is good. You know what I think we normally do? I think we normally hold on to what we hate and let go of what is good. Have you ever noticed that in the midst of conversation, uh, the things that we really connect to are the negative things. We bond around the negative things. You know what? As we're trying to define this next season and this next chapter of our lives, uh, it starts with the things that we hold on to and the things that we let go of. So one of the things that we need to let go of in this season is we hate what is wrong. So we let go of what is wrong and we hold tightly to what is good. So if you're somebody who would say, you know what? I'm struggling right now because I hold tightly to to what is wrong. I hold tightly to a negative word. I hold tightly to a rumor or to, to something that I hear. I hold tightly where isn't, wherein I don't forgive somebody who, uh, if you hold tightly to what is wrong, you're actually depositing a seed in your heart and it will take root and grow something. Hebrews 12 says, uh, be careful to get rid of the root of bitterness. The root of bitterness is actually a seed of anger and a seed of anger when we hold tightly to what is wrong. So we let go of that and we hold tightly to what is good. Verse 10 says, love each other with genuine affection and get this, get this, and take delight in honoring each other. It goes one step further. So we love each other with a genuine affection. Now, have you ever had that moment where you meet somebody and they've just got that big old fake smile and you know that they just have no interest in you, but maybe they work at a store or they work somewhere and they just put on this, this, this voice. I just watched this video on the internet uh, this week and it was literally just all these waitresses that, that put on their waitress voice. So they like talk normal one way and then all of a sudden they come up to their table and they have a whole different way. Their voice goes up, their smile comes on. Have you, have you ever had that interaction when you just know that something is not genuine? Well, the reality is for most of us, we're not genuine in our love for one another. We're genuine in our disdain for one another. We're genuine in our negative comments for one another, but we're not generally genuine in our affection for one another. And we certainly oftentimes take delight in honoring one another. Why? Because our world says take delight in tearing down, where the scripture says counterintuitive to the way that you're processing. Now think about this in Romans 12 too, at the very beginning part of this chapter, it says Jesus wants to change the way you think by the power of his Holy Spirit. So we're gonna change the way that we think, change the way that we process the world, change the way, change the way that we see things. And instead of taking delight down, we're going to take delight in building people up, take delight in honoring one another, take delight in speaking words of life, words of hope, love each other with a genuine affection. Listen, if you say that you love somebody, but you don't like them, you need to work on that. Now we don't all need to be best friends, but scripture is calling us to a deeper level of 
commitment to one another and connection where we open up our hearts and our lives. Why is it that we don't like that person? What is it about them that is it by chance that they're a mirror for you and you don't like them because you see what you don't like about you in them and that is just this abrasive thing so you just reject them because you're actually trying to reject that part of you. I believe that somebody's watching today that you would say you're rejecting people in your friend circle, you're rejecting people in your family circle and you don't know why but there's this internal thing that you just got to push them away and it's because you see traits in them that you're afraid of that you don't like and that you're nervous about and Jesus would say today that he wants to set you free so that you can pull those people back into your life that you've been withdrawing and you say that you're living alone and in isolation but in reality you're doing that by choice and Jesus wants to set you free today you don't have to live alone he wants you to live in family he wants you to live in community he wants you to live in fellowship but what do we do we let God go of what is wrong and we hold tightly to what is good. We surrender those parts of our hearts and our lives that, that we're ashamed of, that we don't like about ourselves. We leave that at the feet of Jesus, at the foot of the cross. We say, Jesus, I surrender these traits. There might even be somebody here today and I, I get this sense that you're nervous about uh, a trait that comes down your family line, something like alcoholism or addiction and you're saying, you know what, I don't want to go down that road. So you're eliminating those people to keep them at a distance from you. Uh, but can I just encourage you to trust Jesus? It's okay to have safeguards. It's okay to, to be cautious. But my question for you today is, do you trust Jesus? And are you cutting the person out because you have more faith in, the, in that thing than you do in Jesus? I just wonder what might happen if you with safe parameters, invited that person back into your life and you love them with a genuine love and affection. Jumping down to verse 13 of Romans 12, it says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Uh, we're going to jump over to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians uh, Paul says this, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. <laughs> you are not that important. Share each other's burdens. Instead of creating space, we carry each other's burdens. Instead of rejecting, we pick up a load and we walk not one mile but we go the second mile we go to mile two we share each other's burdens no one none of us is too important to share somebody's burden there's not a single one of us who is too important to love one another whose schedule is too busy that we couldn't love one another with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring them and building them up and speaking and declaring the good things over their lives. You know when, have you ever had that moment where somebody just like does something really small for you? Maybe it's like they give you a $5 Tim's card and you're like, wow, but you had no money in your pocket and you know, it's the end of a pay period and they give you that $5 Tim's card and to them it's like ah oh, it's not a big deal I just wanted to give this to you and they just maybe even felt prompted by Jesus to do that but to you because of your situation your circumstance that means you get to have lunch that day 
I wonder what might happen if we would share each other's burdens, if we would learn to love one another and love one another in tangible ways with tangible expressions where we follow the promptings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit in small ways. Never thinking that we're more important or that we are above it, but we also just take delight in honoring each other. Hey, you love this. I just wanted to give this to you because you never know what your small act of kindness does for somebody. You never, you never know. You never know. You know, this idea of honoring is found later in the chapter in verse 18 of Romans 12. It says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. But right before that, it says, do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. To, to get the whole verse picture, it goes, never pay back evil with more evil. So as we hold tightly to what is good, we don't react, we don't respond. You know, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You don't take things into your own hands. You trust Jesus with those things. Never pay back evil with more evil. God's way, God's nature is to take care of it. Your nature is to inflict pain. That's what humans do. You hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you. Eye for an eye. That's, that's not God's plan. He says, let me take care of that. What your responsibility is, is to love them with a genuine love and to get back to a genuine love to find yourself dealing with and working through genuine forgiveness. It says, do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable, that the way that you handle yourself in the midst of that difficult, painful situation where others are lashing out. You've heard that phrase, hurt people, hurt people. How do, you, how do I live and work in that? Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable. What does it mean to be honorable? It means good, excellent in its nature and characteristics, and therefore well adapted to its ends. Excellent, eminent, choice, surpassing, precious, useful, suitable, commendable, admirable. But get this, genuine and approved. The best way that you could love somebody with a genuine affection is by genuinely forgiving them, genuinely working through your anger, genuinely working through your pain to it creating proper boundaries, but loving unapologetically, not paying back evil with evil. You handle yourself in such a way that verse 18 can be actionable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now, I just need to just, just pop that out for a moment. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. There's going to be times and moments where it's not going to work for you to, to be like best friends, to be BFFs, to be so close. So what do you do? Do all that you can, it says. Do all that you can. Do all that's within your control. You can't control somebody else. So do all that you can to live in peace with everyone, that there's peace between you, that there's hope and that there's life between you. Even if, even if you disagree, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to agree to disagree. Uh, do all that you can do. You have a personal responsibility. So who do you need to forgive today? I gotta, let me ask you this. Who do you need to apologize to today? That's our action items. How, how do we do that? Do all that you can is two things. Who do I need to apologize to today? And who do I need to forgive today? Can I ask you this question? As you're dealing with your friends and your family, you're walking through different seasons, you have disagreements, you have fights, you have falling out. Can I ask you this question? Are you leaving room for people to grow? Are you giving them room to get better? Are you giving them room to 
improve? Are you giving them room to be transformed by the power of Jesus? Or are you holding them in their past? Because if you're holding them in their their past, then you're holding them accountable for things that they've already been forgiven for, that hopefully you would have already forgiven them for, that Jesus has certainly already forgiven them for. What you're doing is you're holding them hostage to their past and you're not allowing Jesus to work in their future. You're trying to pull them back. Instead of saying, look how far you've come, you're saying, look at where you are, look at where you'll be. Did you know that it's possible that you could be holding somebody back from their future if you're trying to keep them trapped in this cage over here? Are you leaving room for people to grow? Because isn't that the thing that you want from everybody? We want everybody to give us grace because we understand our situations and our circumstances and all the things that we're dealing with. But we just want people to be perfect all the time. Are you leaving room for people to grow? Thanks again for joining us today. If you want to know more about Jesus or who we are as a church, head on over to saintschurch.ca. We meet every Sunday and would love to see your beautiful faces in person. So come on down. Also, if you'd like to hear more on how to follow Jesus one step at a time, we have a whole collection of sermons right here on this podcast. As always, have a great rest of your day. See you next time.